You're listening to the Less Stress in Life podcast. Your hosts, Deb Timmerman and Barb Fletcher, are on a mission to help individuals and organizations manage stress and change. Together, they bring you real conversations, inspirational stories, and strategies to help move you from being stressed to feeling your best. Good morning, everyone. Deb Timmerman here. Welcome to our series of 52 Practical Tools for less stress in life. This is episode 36. Our goal is to give you tools and strategies that help you move from feeling stressed to feeling your best. My co-host Barb Fletcher is a bit underneath the weather today, so she won't be joining us, but please join me in sending thoughts and prayers to her for a speedy recovery. Barb, we miss you and I wish you were here. So today our guest is Faggy Cobre. And Faggy is a former childhood educator and high-end portrait photographer. She switched careers in her 50s to become an elementary school art teacher. Wow, most people are exiting that career, not entering that career at 50. So she also got very into art herself, particularly a medium called alcohol inks, and teaches women how to reignite their creativity through this magical medium. She's passionate about helping women who don't feel artistic tap into the healing nature of art. Welcome, my friend. So glad to have this conversation with you today. Yes, thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about what led you to start your group or your movement called Creativity Reignited. Okay, so... um, like I like you said, I had spent many years uh, doing other stuff. I have a master's in early childhood education. I was a preschool teacher. I was a director. I was a high-end photographer. Then I was raising my kids, and I was doing that. It was like I had a home-based business. And um, then I um, I had started. I had gotten interested in internet marketing, and I started. I just you know they how they always say when you write, write what you know. So they say when you start a business, start what you know. So I I decided to start a business based around something I knew, which was something in the early childhood area, which was art. I always loved art. I always loved giving kids like very creative art and seeing them gain confidence um, through their art. So I started a website for for parents and teachers on how to give kids some art, like developmentally appropriate art, like not this like copycat cookie cutter kind of art <coughs> and then I ended up taking a um um a course on how to market this website and I was talking to one of my coaches there about how how detrimental all of this cookie cutter art is and how it really represses kids um creativity and how it really makes them think that they're not artistic because they have to just follow what the teacher is telling them to do, and they're not allowed to do things at their own level. And she said to me, um, she kind of challenged me. She said, would you consider starting a site for adults on creativity and kind of helping them understand why they have such blocks with creativity that it was because of their early experiences? So I thought it was really an interesting idea. And I started doing research on creativity and I'm researching and I kept coming across this term mixed media art. And I was like very fascinated. And I was like, literally like, like it hit me 
And I started buying, get taking books out of the library and then buying books and then started buying supplies, which is a rabbit hole. Anybody that has <laughs> done any kind of crafting knows what that in itself is. It, it's its own hobby, buying craft supplies. Okay, I'm sure a lot of people can understand that. Um, and um, I, so I got in, I really got into that and I started running little classes in my home and I started, and I started this website, this creativity reignited for adults. And then one, one day I was scrolling through my library site. You could just see what books there are in them, order them to your library. And I came across a book that said pigments of your imagination, all about alcohol links, which I didn't know anything about. And I was like, stopped in my tracks and I was like riveted what is this and I ordered it from the library and I opened the book and I was just I I it was love at first sight and then I bought the book and then I started buying the materials and I kind of I still do mixed media stuff also but I just developed this love of alcohol links and what it could do for you and I you know started you know developing some courses and started doing offline things and it just has such a capacity for healing and mental health and just de-stressing. I was just thinking before, I was just feeling very stressed about something. I said, I must go down. I'm so busy with like internet stuff. I must go downstairs and just do some alcohol links because there's something very, very healing about it. They're like these, there are they're, they're these little bottles of ink that are suspended in an alcohol base. And they work on non-porous surfaces and they're not very controllable. You can learn how to control them, but it's it's just like you, you kind of drip and you watch it spread and then you drip some more and there's all kinds of tools. And if you use the right colors, you can't go wrong. If you just like learn what are the right color schemes to use, it's like I have a student that told me, she had a, one of her children had a medical saga she was going through. And she said this alcohol ink saved her because she was just go, able to go down and work on it. And it was just so healing and just so helped reduce her stress because you don't have to worry about it being perfect. Yeah, we put all kinds of constraints around the art that we do. And alcohol inks take those constraints away because as you said, there's not a lot of control with that. So it's about learning to allow. And I let go, that. let go. So you mentioned that we get our creativity blocks early in childhood. Can you talk more about how they form and why we become adults with this thinking that we can't be creative? Right. So I have a like a unique perspective on this also because I happen to be an elementary school art teacher and I and I really do give the kids very free, very creative, a lot of choice. Um, so one of the things is this is was something I concentrated on so so for so many years is that when when teachers are giving kids very young crafts. They're giving them crafts that, oh, we're making a butterfly, we're making a, a snake, whatever, with egg cartons, whatever. And the kids really are not allowed to create the way they create. And the problem is that young kids make messes. And our perfectionistic society, we don't like messes. We want them to look perfect. So we cannot allow our three-year-olds and our four-year-olds and our five-year-olds to create 
in order the way they're supposed to create to allow them to go through those stages the way they're supposed to. We don't expect kids to walk before they crawl, right? But we're expecting them to make representational um, pictures before they can make a mess. And that they're making a mess can take a very long time. So that is one way that kids kind of, they just they oh, I'm not trusted. I can't do it. It's only the, the people that know how to make representational uh, pictures that really are the artists, you know, the class artists. And so that's one thing. But it's, what's interesting, I knew about, I've given workshops about this. I used to give workshops to early childhood groups and daycare centers trying to teach them how to give kids art that's truly theirs, their developmental stage. But what I have noticed in my work in as an elementary school, when the kids get to about fifth or sixth grade, there are still a lot of kids that kind of lose interest. And I started realizing that no matter how much creativity, unless you really, really concentrate on it in a certain way, they still feel it has still become that art is if I know how to draw. And if I do not know how to draw, I am not an artist and I do not like art, which is very, first of all, you can learn to, anybody can learn to draw if you want, but it is hard work. There's a program called Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain by Betty Edwards. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she has a program. She can teach anybody how to draw, but it's hard work and not everybody wants to work hard. But there are so many ways to use art just to have fun and to relax and to make beautiful things with color and shape and design. And it's such a craziness that art has become the, the you know, the, the under the ownership of the people who just naturally know how to draw. It's not fair. I say give it back to the, to the, to us, to the, to the, you know, <laughs> So the, you know, what, what, what you call the, the peasant, the, you know, just, we, we need it. It is such a healing, amazing thing. And it's, it's just crazy how so many people, the classic line is me. I can't, I can't draw a straight line. You don't I can relate to that because my mother actually said that about my artistic abilities. And if I remember correctly, I got a C. So I was an average at drawing and that's exactly what it was. The nuns would put the picture up and we'd have to copy it or they'd make their interpretation of whatever the art project was. And I really didn't like art. I was afraid of art. And then I ended up taking ceramics and ended up being a teacher for a large part of my early adult years. And even today, love creativity, but I have a friend who is amazing at all different kinds of crafts. And she is usually with me when we do art days. And I love watercolor, but she will coach me and she tells me I'm good at that or look how cool this is. So it's like I have this self-help person along with me to do that. And it's taken a lot of those craft days to help get my confidence back that I do have creativity and I have, that is a part of who I am. Right. But there's so many people like you who just, there's been so many teachers and parents who have made negative comments to kids you know and and that like that stops them that stops them in their tracks people are scared of rejection 
They're scared. I have, I've been running a class and a small little class. I was like mixed media in my home for years. I have one of my, the women, she's in her sixties. She will, if we have to do it in books, she will not show her stuff to her kids. They're all grown kids. She's scared what they're going to say. And she just feels this like fear of rejection of, you know, and, and, and I'm, you know, and I'm trying to, that, what's why alcohol links actually. So what happened, this alcohol links that um, I teach a lot is like these with these little bottles, but I start people off with markers because it's very easy. Like I have on my site, on my creativity reignited site, I have like a, a beginning video, like six ways to use markers and alcohol to kind of get you started just to, you know, to jumpstart you because that's like an easy way and Sharpies, which everybody knows what Sharpies are. If I say alcohol ink markers, people don't really know what that is. And there's a lot of different types. But I say Sharpies, Sharpies are alcohol ink markers. I remember Googling years ago, when one of my kids had written with Sharpie all over the wall, like, how do I clean that with alcohol? Because to the same way watercolor works with water, alcohol ink and alcohol ink markers works with alcohol. That's what moves it. So that's like a great way to get started. And then when somebody is like even more interested, um, then, you know, they stop buying the bottles and you, you start inking. But it's and it, it doesn't have to be this, you know, this huge endeavor where I'm going to now, you know, create a whole studio. You, you start on your kitchen table, you start with some markers, you get a little alcohol and then you get into it more Then you stop buying more. But it's just. It is such a healing. And I just find that the alcohol links, I, you know, I've tried a lot of different of these crafts and, and art. I just find that because of the nature of the alcohol links, because they're so fluid and forgiving. I just did a series. I did a six week series, not far from where I live with a group of women. And one of them said, wow, I'm so not artistic. Look how beautiful it is. We use stencils with it. Stencils, you know, make anybody look like an artist, but this is, they're like very forgiving, the alcohol inks. So if you make a mistake, you could take some alcohol and wipe it away. And there's ways to make everything look beautiful. And it's just a great way to relieve stress, right? That's your thing, relieving stress. It's a, it's a great way to relieve stress. It's a great way. And that was one of the things I had seen about it. People writing, it makes me feel like an artist. It's I go into this, some, one woman told me it's like my, it's like my vacation without leaving anywhere. I go in there and I just, I get into the flow and the colors and the alcohol. And there's so many things you can do with it all without knowing how to draw. So we did a workshop here a couple years ago with my friend and I did, and she did use alcohol links and we paired it with breath skills to help tone down those judgments and the things that come up uh, when you don't want to be creative. And one woman stands out in my mind out of the maybe five people that took it. One person was all about making that or trying to control the flow of those alcohol inks. And in the beginning, her art piece was absolutely stunning. But the rework and everything that she did because she couldn't accept that, that it was pretty the way it was, it turned into a huge muddy mess. So I'm sure that as you're working with folks, they learn similar lessons. Right. They it, try to overwork those tools. Right. 
Right. And there's, I mean, I've seen that in classes that I've given, you know, people say, you know, it's just like, it's either they overdo it or else they say, oh, I'm going to stop now. But with alcohol links, you can always go back. It's like very, you wipe it down, you do it again. You add another color. It's, it's, it's very different than, than other mediums. Um, you have to work on non-porous backgrounds. So <clears throat> let's say I use, um, that, well, when you start, there was something called Yupo paper, which is a plasticized paper that, that was like, that was the you know, alcohol ink paper. But then I discovered through various groups that there's Costco has a paper, a Kirkland photo paper, that if you work on the matte side, that's much cheaper and it works really well. And only Kirkland folks, because I know someone just told me she bought another type and it didn't work. I said, okay, because it's only Kirkland. People do all kinds of experiments. You can work on tiles. It works on aluminum foil. It works on Duralar, like transparencies. It has to be non-porous. Now you can use it on regular water paper, watercolor paper, but it just absorbs and it doesn't have the same magic of the flow and the spread. It's very mesmerizing. What are some ways that people can unleash and embrace creativity other than alcohol inks? I know you've done a lot of research and have read tons of books on this whole topic of creativity. What are the experts saying? Okay, so the experts say there's actually a book that I read called, uh, there's a lot of books I read, but there was one called The Creativity Cure, just talking about how unbelievable creativity is for you, for depression, for stress, for anxiety, and, and how, how much better sometimes it works than therapy. But in general, what the consensus seems to be is that it's the handwork. It's the working with your hands that is so amazing and what it does for your brain. So I, I, I know people have reported from many different media, I, crocheting and knitting and embroidery and mixed media, because I'm also into mixed media. Any kind of handwork is very, very beneficial. So it depends, this handwork, not all of it is so creative, right? Um, but the handwork is very important for your mental health. And some, I mean, I've also um, done mixed media, which is also very good in terms of letting go of perfection. But I have one of my students who's done both with me. She's done the mixed media and she's done the alcohol link. And she says that there's nothing that does it for her like the alcohol links. It's just the flow. It, it, like maybe a lot of the other crafts are great for using your hands, but this mix, this alcohol links is not just using your hands it's using your hands and going with the flow with the inks and um you know just watching the magic and working with different things that could make you have something beautiful like if you take a stencil and rub it off and you have this beautiful thing and it doesn't matter that you didn't draw it it just looks so beautiful but i mean if you don't want to do alcohol links there are people like there are people that have asthma let's say so people who, who are allergic to alcohol, even though I don't know how nurses manage because they use alcohol all the time. Actually, during the pandemic, it was, you could not get alcohol. You could not get alcohol because you really have to use like at least 91% for it to work. But it was all over the groups, people talking about what they were doing and Amazon was selling it for, whoo, it was just crazy what was going on because 
and was flying off the shelves. Now, now of course you can get it again. Um, but people, there are different methods. And one of the methods uses a lot of alcohol. And if I use, do that, I actually use a respirator because it's too much alcohol. When I work just with the inks, I don't find it so, um, I don't, I'm not so affected by it. I did have a woman recently, like a month ago, I did a little class in my basement studio and one woman ended up having to leave. She said it was just too much for her. I don't find, but all over, you'll see in groups, people talking about, you must use a respirator, you must use a respirator. So you have people that do it all the time and they wear respirators. Some people, right? I've been doing it for years. I never, I never wore a respirator. So there's a lot of back and forth and, you know, arguments like there is about everything else. <laughs> so it's interesting. I read an article recently that was published by the World Economic Forum, and they said that creativity is one of the top three skills that is needed in the workplace. Creativity, complex problem solving ability, and critical thinking are the top three job skills that they're looking for in people. And as adults, if we've had that block as a child, doing something like a hobby or working with alcohol inks might be a great way for you to bridge that gap if you need to unleash that critical thinking, non-judgmental, creative aspect of your abilities. Right, and how to think, because I, I used to teach teachers, I, like I used to say, the point of giving your kids, the kids, little kids art is not necessarily just to get a, a product. It's to teach them thinking skills. I have this piece of paper. I have these collage pieces. What am I going to do with them? How am I going to arrange them? I remember reading a book years ago by a guy named Daniel Pink. He has written a lot about creativity and he had a book called The Whole New, a Whole New Mind. And he was talking about how important creativity is like nowadays you can outsource jobs that people were able to make 75 grand now you can outsource them to india for 15 and if you don't know how to think for yourself and be creative that you can't outsource and how important it is to learn how to think and to think out of the box and not and, and this is one of the reasons i was always so against these cookie cutter kind of crafts this is what you have to do there's no way to think the good news is that you're not doomed. You really, <laughs> you really can reignite your creativity. And, you know, you have to get over, you know, there's another book I read, um, Creative Confidence. This, this uh, two guys that wrote about how everyone has creativity scars. In some, unless unless the, the real people, the real artists, they were the ones who have natural skills. But most people have creativity scars. They were either told they're, you know, they can't draw or they were made fun of. And it just makes people afraid because that puts you up, up on, you know, on, on display and gives people the power over you to say if you're good or not. Well, what a great call to action. I love that term, creativity scars. So this week, the call to action is to do a little bit of reflection and see where you may be blocked or maybe have creativity scars that you're ready to let go of. There are lots of ways, just as Faye said, to unleash that creativity being in one of her alcohol inks class is one way there are well, just even starting you can go to my 
creativity reignited. I have, you can, you opt in, you put in your name, you'll get a, a 20 minute video with six different ways to use markers and alcohol to start off with alcohol links. Very easy, very, very easy entry. So what a fun project to do with your kids. The yeah. holiday is coming up this weekend. So we encourage you to do something fun and creative. So yeah. until next time, thanks for tuning in today. And we'll see you again next week. Yeah. Have a great week, everybody. And thank you, Faggy. Bye. Less stress in life is possible. If you're new to this kind of thinking and would like to explore what's possible for you, we'd love to connect. You can reach us through our website at lessstressinlife.com. That's lessstressinlife.com.